Good morning. Let us bow our heads and listen to the prayer for illumination. Lord, may you send your spirit to open our hearts and our minds and our ears to listen to your true words given to us by your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our Old Testament reading this morning is from the book of Genesis, the 11th chapter, the first through the ninth verses. The Tower of Babel. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as they migrated from the east, they came upon a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we shall be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the mortals had built. And the Lord said, Look, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is the, only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language there so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth and they left off building the city. Therefore it is called Babel because that is where the Lord confused the language of the earth and from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. The word of the Lord. Our New Testament reading this morning is the traditional reading for this day. It is the story of Pentecost as we find it in the second chapter of Acts verses 1 through 12. When the day of Pentecost had come... They were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So one of the 
older preaching tropes of Pentecost is to take these two passages that we have read today, the Old Testament story of the Tower of Babel and the New Testament story of spirit-filled Christians speaking each other's languages and set them up so that the latter fixed the former. Now, before Babel, we are told that the whole earth had one language and the same words. Then, as a result of human pride and sin, God imposed a multiplicity of languages and words, almost as a sort of punishment. On Pentecost, however, that error was miraculously reversed, so the story goes, as everyone literally heard foreigners speaking their language. Now, people that I trust and admire have convinced me that these two stories combine really to preach a very different kind of message than the one I just described. As one of my seminary professors, Bill Brown, has written, Pentecost does not reverse Babel, as if the tongues of fire that alighted on each disciple were meant to burn to the ground all cultural distinctions achievements, and practices that differentiate humanity on the planet. To be sure, communication supersedes confusion, but not at the expense of cultural identities. In other words, the Babel Tower story does not teach us that linguistic and cultural differences are bad or that they are some sort of punishment On the contrary, this ancient Hebrew legend shows us that human diversity is the will of God. We are all different because God wants us all to be different. Back before we had children, Stephanie and I served as counselors for Beach Reach, which was a program of First Presbyterian Church in Wilmington. For a week in the summer, a group of middle school youth would gather out at Wrightsville Beach every afternoon for games out on the beach, skits on the porch, and some small group Bible discussions out near the dunes. Walter was in our group. And Walter was one of those middle school boys who was smart and fun, but let's just say that the part of his brain that was responsible for maturity and manners had missed the memo that Walter wasn't in third grade anymore. And one evening we were talking about Paul's image of the body of Christ and how God gives us all different gifts and abilities. Just think I told them. How boring it would be if everyone in the world was just like you. And Walter, who had been squirming and fidgeting and tossing sand all over the place, suddenly locked in and looked right at me. And a calm and happy look came over his face, almost like he was gazing right through a window into heaven. And he said wistfully, a world full of Walters. Now, as happy as that vision clearly made Walter, that is not the world that God created or the one that the Holy Spirit continues to inhabit. And that is not the lesson of Babel. Nor does the Pentecost story miraculously erase the differences that are between us. 
To paraphrase Dr. Brown, the fire of Pentecost does not devour or consume human diversity, melting us all down into a single substance. Instead, the Holy Spirit empowers and illuminates the faithful to be the best possible version of our unique selves. The Spirit allows us to speak and hear across our differences. So pulling these two stories together, Scripture gives us three key lessons on this particular Pentecost. And the first is the one that I have already touched upon, that diversity is a gift, not a problem. True, the multiplicity of human languages, ethnicities, cultures, spiritualities, and ideologies can and absolutely does complicate our communication. But these are the things that make life in this world a fascinating adventure of discovery. Throughout the Bible, it is clear that God actually delights in this kind of diversity. As Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? Walter, I would add, if the whole world were Walter, where would we be? But then the scripture continues, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body each one of them as God chose. Think of it this way. Can you imagine a world without the blessed diversity of cuisine? Sugar cake and chicken pies baked by the ancestors of Moravians from Eastern Europe. Bruschetta eaten at a cafe in the Cinque Terre with fresh basil and olive oil pressed on the hillsides above. Ilsa White's Wiener Schnitzel, pounded out and lightly fried to perfection with German potato salad on the side. Fried empanadas and steamed tamales from Latin America. Wines pressed from plump Cabernet Sauvignon grapes grown on the hillsides of Bordeaux, carefully bottled by the vintners of France. Now we are all hungry now. But I think you get the point. The diversity of cultures in this world is a gift of God to us, not a problem to be solved. The second lesson is that we still think we don't need God. I would argue that the main lesson of Babel is that bad things happen when we get too big for our britches and start thinking that we can run things better than God can. And that the main lesson of Pentecost is that while diversity is part of God's plan, the only way we can keep our differences from breaking us apart is to lean on the power of the Holy Spirit to bring us together. In short, we do need God. The theologian Reinhold Niebuhr famously said that the basic and most central sin of humanity is pride and that all other sins begin and branch out from there. In other words, the beginning of all sin is our forgetfulness or our desire to forget that we are dependent upon God 
for our very existence, that everything we have and everything we are is owed completely to God. Therefore, C.S. Lewis said that pride is the essential vice, the utmost evil. And both the story of Babel and the story of Pentecost remind us that if we wish to live in harmony with God and with one another, we have to rely on the power of God to lead us, to inhabit us, and to do the heavy lifting for us. And that leads us to the third lesson, which carries the messages of these two ancient stories into our world even this morning. And that lesson is that we are doing far too much talking past one another and far too little listening to one another. At Babel, once everyone realized that they were not speaking the same language, the whole thing fell apart. Everyone dropped their tools and abandoned the tower project and went home. On Pentecost, the wonder of speaking other languages was only part of the miracle. The other half was in the hearing, and that seemed to surprise them even more than the speaking. These people are from off, they were saying. How is it that we can hear them as if we grew up together? How is it that we can understand all of these foreigners speaking about God's deeds of power in our own native language? The only way this happens The only way we can begin to understand other people, understand how they speak, how they think, how they pray, how they live, and the only way that we can speak with clarity and hope across the cultural and ethnic chasms that divide us is to invoke the power of the Holy Spirit to come to us, to open us up, and to give us that ability And anyone who doesn't think that we need that ability desperately right now is just not paying attention. We don't have to look beyond the Ravenel Bridge or the streets of Charleston in the last 24 hours to see what is happening even in our own community. The sin of pride is rampant right now. Too many of us think that we have all the answers. Too many of us want to blame someone else for every problem that we have. Too many of us have lost the ability to look honestly at ourselves to see how our own egos might be getting in the way. Our own needs and prejudices might be part of the problem. Too many of us are thinking that our own plans and visions are 100% right and that anyone who doesn't agree with us must be 100% wrong. Too many of us are just speaking our own languages and congregating with people who speak our language. And all of these camps with all of these competing understandings seem to have completely lost interest in hearing what other people have to say and what their experiences are truly like. Just this week, with another tragic death of a person of color during an arrest in Minneapolis, we are hearing again the babble, and I use that word intentionally, the babble of people just yelling past one another. 
And I know that there are differences of opinion on this subject, but I also know that we ought to be able to find some common ground, that we should all be able to say that there is injustice in this situation, that we should all be able to say that violence is not the answer, but that the system is clearly skewed and broken that we should all be able to say that these recent deaths are truly tragic and that God is now weeping with the families of George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and also with the families of the people who killed them, people whose lives will never be the same. But we have not found much common ground in this. What we have found thus far is what we have all come to expect, a whole lot of shouting and very little understanding. Simply put, we need the will to get out of our ruts and our bubbles and also the inspired power to speak and to hear languages that are other than our own. My Pentecost prayer is this. Holy Spirit, come and give us the ability to speak not just the language that we know, but the languages of people who are not like us. Holy Spirit, come and give us the ears to hear the pain of your people, eyes that cry at the things that make you cry, hearts that can love with grace and mercy as if they were out of your own heart. Come, Holy Spirit, and help us lay aside the pride that breaks us apart and claim the gift of Pentecost that can bring us together, that we may not only speak but also hear and even understand. Holy Spirit, come, because the only way we can do this is with you. Amen.